This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. In 2019, close to 10,000 retail locations closed due in part to the move to online shopping. And the expectations for 2020 weren't a whole lot different. But with the coronavirus outbreak, could we see even deeper cuts in the retail sector with companies shutting things down due to the impact from COVID-19? Barbara Kahn is a marketing professor here at the Warren School. She's also co-host of Marketing Matters every Thursday at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern time here on Sirius XM 132. Barbara, great to talk to you as always. Yeah, it's great to talk to you, but let me make it a little correction. We're on Wednesdays, I think. Wednesday, I'm sorry. My fault. But you know what? The days of the week have so blurred. <laughs> they knows? have. They absolutely have. Still great to talk to you. And and I guess let's get your sense of uh, overall view of, of, the, uh, of the retail sector. Obviously, so many companies have had to close temporarily. I think the concern is that some of these temporary closures will become permanent closures. Yeah, the retail industry is really reeling. I mean, even the ones that are doing well, like Walmart and Amazon, because they were well-positioned for the e-commerce piece of this, are, uh, Amazon is in difficulty. They're only doing essentials. They put off non-essentials. They have concerns about uh, the health of their workers and things like that. So even Amazon, which is obviously the one that one would point to as benefiting the most from the situation, it's not a clear win for Amazon, similarly with Walmart taking a very risk-averse approach. But if you look at the other retailers, most of them were not set up to immediately pivot to this 100% e-commerce world. They had invent- most of most of retail still was in physical stores. Even though we saw this big growth in e-commerce, I would say maybe as much as 80% of shopping is still done in physical stores. Those physical stores are all closed. The inventory is sitting in those physical stores unsold. And so they cannot just take that inventory and put it into warehouses and have it delivered. They don't have the, the workforce. They don't have the systems to change that, which means they have all this inventory from quarter two that they have to do something with. So you're seeing massive discounts from what most people are seeing, tons of emails, I'm sure, from their favorite retailers with these very deep discounts to try to get rid of inventory from quarter two. Because what these retailers are going to have to plan for is a successful quarter four. That is the holiday season for many, many retailers. That's what makes or breaks retailing. And if they don't have a successful quarter four, I do think that many of these retailers are going to retailers are going to be in very difficult shape. That's so, just the, the supply chain issues. There's plenty yeah. of other issues like changing in shopping behavior and all sorts of other things we can discuss, but just the mere tactical situation sitting for these retailers with their stores closed, that's a very difficult situation. Well, and, and when you talk with a lot of economists about this, and, and I mentioned a couple of times on this show, the interview that Janet Yellen gave yesterday, her expectation of GDP is down as much as 30% in the, in the second quarter. So you say they have to think about a, a strong quarter four. What do they even have to think about with quarter three? Because they have to start that ramp up at, at that point. Yeah, although, you know, I, I, I can't even think about what quarter three is going to look like. I think they're assuming quarter two and quarter three, they're going to, you know, those are going to be difficult quarters. But if they don't 
the problem with retailing is it's so seasonal. And so you have annual costs, annual lease costs, you know, rent costs, annual employee costs, and annual supply chain costs, but you make the bulk of your revenue in the fourth quarter typically. So that is the real make or break quarter that they're thinking. And, and many retailers are doing planning now six months in advance. So they really are thinking about quarter four now. What you're seeing a lot, I don't think there's any part, except maybe Amazon and Walmart or Target, I don't know, but most of the retailers are either furloughing their employees, there's been a lot of layoffs, um, reduction in salary. I don't think there's a retailer out there that's not hurting. That doesn't mean they can't rebound, um, but it it is a sector, an industry sector that's definitely particularly hurt by this COVID virus. But that rebound that that you talk about uh, and needing to have a strong quarter four, it's not like all of these retailers are going to make all of this up in one quarter. This is, you know, this feels like it's going to be a process of a couple of years for them to be able to recover from this. Yes. And, you know, of course, retailing is what drives a lot of the economy because now we're talking about the retailers, but of course, then there's the brands that are providing the inventory that's sitting on the shelves. So they're not retailers, they're brands. But what's happening to all of those brands? Some of them can go direct. Some of them are selling on Amazon. But remember, Amazon is selling essentials, not the non-essentials. So that hurts all the apparel industry and all of that. That goes to brands. Then who makes those brands? That goes to the manufacturers. And retailer is a very, is a very big employment sector, for uh, industry sector for the, for the U.S. Yeah. So like you were saying, the people who are being furloughed or laid off or reduced salary, they're also the consumers. So it does kind of spiral. It's not a good situation. Um, I, I, you know, I think there are ways around it, and I think people are cautiously optimistic and trying to build, but it is not a good situation. Well, and, and I think what you don't want to see, and, and obviously I think the restaurant sector here, Barbara, is a little bit different, but there was a story a few days ago uh, of a chain, Logan's Roadhouse, which is a steak uh, uh, steakhouse uh, location, and they have 261 stores across the U.S. They started out by furloughing their employees. Then they just announced that they were shutting down all of the stores just a few days ago, and all of those furloughs turned into firings. So it, it makes you yeah. wonder if if that is going to be the scenario we see play out. Yeah, I mean, that that's a pessimistic view of it, and uh, obviously everybody's hoping that isn't the situation, but that is definitely something that might happen, um, and that's pretty scary. So you're also hoping there might be stimulus packages. I mean, even on a small scale here at the University of Pennsylvania, all the little retailers that are – they tend to be smaller retailers that are around the Penn campus, they have to be closed now because of the virus but in addition uh, the Penn students have been told not to come back this semester you can imagine the retailers that are around the Penn campus their busy seasons are when the students are here and now they're not making the revenues from student shopping at their stores so those are vulnerable retailers but many retailing is what makes the campus attractive it's what makes cities attractive So they might look to the University of Pennsylvania for some support um, to help them survive this very difficult situation. And if you extract that or extrapolate that to the whole world, you know, retailers may, it may make sense for 
government or even private in, in, individuals to kind of help support the retailing scene because it brings so much quality of life yeah. to our cities, to our small towns. We're joined by Barbara Kahn, marketing professor here at the Wharton School, also co-host of Marketing Matters every Wednesday at 5 p.m. here on Sirius XM 132. There was an interesting statistic, Barbara, that I saw in, a, in an article uh, earlier today. I don't know if you had seen this yet, but uh, they talked at uh, Coresight Research, uh, took a look at uh, the number of, of closures that we had seen in the retail sector up through March 22nd. And they compared it actually with the number of openings. And, and I find it interesting that at least the first three months of the year, there were more openings than planned closures, like 2,900 openings of stores, about 1,900 of planned closures. So it seemed like 2020 was starting out pretty good. Obviously, you still have a number, a, a, a high number of closures. Uh, but obviously, this coronavirus, I think, is, has probably flipped the script on that. Yeah. I mean, what you're saying is that retailers were finally getting the idea of what kind of physical retailer shoppers wanted in this new world where e-commerce was taking a strong position. So there were, you know, like the new Nordstrom's that opened in New York City was a fantastic retail establishment. It was just, it was like a palace of amazingness, you know. So some of these new stores that were opening were really getting the idea of what shopping could be. Nike, for example, withdrew from Amazon. It withdrew from other wholesalers. It's still doing business with Foot Locker, but they were opening a lot of their own stores, and they were fantastic, amazing stores. So I agree, retailing had finally seen what shoppers want, and they were starting to deliver real customer value. So for someone like me who loves to shop and who loves retailing, this is a very sad situation. Well, and I can't imagine what the types of conversations are going on right now between, uh, you know, companies and, and big malls. I, I mean, we've been talking, you know, as long as I've been on this channel for five years, five plus years, about the struggle of big malls. I can't imagine what that conversation is like right now. Yeah, I mean, the malls are, well, obviously they're totally deserted. And then the question is going to be what will happen when people are allowed out of their houses. Who knows? We're joined by Barbara Kahn uh, of the Wharton School talking about the state of retail. What is your sense of, of what we're going to see in general once we get past this, this, uh, this coronavirus crisis? And again, this may be lingering with us for some time, but uh, President Trump has talked about it. I know other business leaders have talked about, you know, at some point trying to get pieces of the economy back open again. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, that's a real big question. A lot of people are saying now that everybody's shopping online, does that mean that will 100% start continuing to shop online? I heard Ken at the last, you know, in your last interview talking about now everybody knows how to Zoom meet and Blue Jeans meet and stuff like that, which suggests that people are not going to have as many traveling meetings. They're going to do more digital meetings because they now all know how to do that. Well, yeah. that's true with e-commerce also. Some of the people who weren't shopping online have been forced to learn how to shop online, and so therefore they see how easy it is. And you can imagine there's still some delivery glitches because we weren't expecting to you know, gear up to this much e-commerce, but over time, supply chain logistics and delivery will get better, and e-commerce will get easier and easier. There's just no question about it. But does that mean the physical stores will not attract consumers in the future? 
You know, I don't know. I think when people are cooped up in their house now for two or three months, they're just going to be excited to run out and go to those stores. Yeah. And like I said, a lot of what people think is the fun of living in a small town is a nice main street or living in a city is all that exciting retail and restaurants to go to. So if we could do something to keep those establishments still in business, I think the smart, savvy retailers who understand what customers are going to crave in physical interaction and physical physical shopping can still survive. But there's a lot of ifs in that story. Well, and you mentioned the supply chain, but, you know, just the delivery piece of uh, of something that somebody buys online right now, remember that a lot of the priority is be- being given to uh, items of, uh, of medical nature so that they can get to those locations. So that, that time that people are used to maybe receiving something from a retailer, that's probably marked out, you know, five, ten times uh, as long because of the fact that uh, th- there are more higher priorities at this point. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I still kind of been going to my local grocery store covered in masks and gloves and everything to get what I need. But I know a lot of people who are trying to get groceries online say they have to stay up 24-7 to find a delivery slot. So, you know, the the logistics of delivering everything. I mean, that last mile, which everybody talks about in retail, it's, it's A, the most expensive, the last mile, the delivery from to the last mile to the house, but it's also the most logistically challenging. If you can get consumers to go to the store for the last mile and take that that delivery home, that is still a much more, there's a reason why physical retailing developed that way, that it makes sense for for the consumer to bear the cost of the last mile. So when we get to do that again, when we can go to the stores that are near our our apartments or our houses um, and pick that stuff up ourselves, we may see more of that continue in the future as long as those retailers are still there. You know, it, it's funny you mentioned that uh, about uh, grocery stores, Barbara, because I, I, I ran out to my local grocery store yesterday afternoon, and it was probably about 2.30 when, when I got there. And, and that was, I would have had to have believed, the most busy that a grocer has been on a Monday afternoon at 2.30 as ever. There were a lot of people there. But the one other thing that I noticed about it, and this goes to how the grocery industry is really taking this concern to heart, is that my grocer had set up one entrance. You had to go through the the grocery store like a maze, every aisle, pick up what you wanted, and then you went out the other side of the grocery store. So they have really taken this to heart. Yeah, and I do think, you know, what we ask what's going to happen when all this is over and we go back shopping. I do think that understanding consumers' health issues, reestablishing trust with the retailer and the, um, and the shopper, I do think you'll see these kinds of fundamental changes in physical retailing. Some of the things that we've learned or gotten used to under this COVID virus will remain even when this is over. One of the things some of my friends and I were talking about is when we watch old movies and we see people hug and shake hands, we cringe. Like, you yeah. can't do that anymore. What are they doing getting so close to people? So we've kind of been conditioned now for this new way of shopping. And it'll be interesting to see um, how retail, you know, what will happen to your local grocery store when we're allowed to venture out of the house? Will they keep some of those systems in place? Because, frankly, they are cleaner and healthier. Well, and the one thing also that I noticed yesterday as well when I was out is that um, I I saw a couple of restaurants uh, that had been open, uh, you know, for pickup or, or for delivery. 
and they had closed, you know, in the last week. And and I think that's another concern is that and we've heard so yeah. much conversation about, you know, trying to, if you can, place orders with your local restaurants to help them out and and give them some business. But some of these uh, companies that, that decided to stay open must not just be able to stay open at a certain point. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. I mean, that's what's really upsetting to me again. Like, I think people just do value going out. It's fine to learn how to cook and to eat at home every day, but most people like the, the pleasure, the enjoyment yeah. of going out to a restaurant. And if your favorite establishment's not going to be there when it's all over, you're just going to see a boarded-up store. I mean, I sure hope that doesn't happen, but that could be a prediction. And, of course, you know, that that affects the livability of cities. It could potentially affect crime, especially if unemployment is high. There's a lot of pretty dismal scenarios that you could start to spin as you go down that path. Barbara, as always, great to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time. Stay safe, and uh, we'll see you on campus at some point. Yes, stay safe. Yeah, you got it. Barbara Kahn, uh, marketing professor here at the Wharton School, also co-host of Marketing Matters every Wednesday at 5 p.m. here on Sirius XM 132. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.